الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وما خلقت الجن والإنس إلا ليعبدون وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم من كان لله كان الله له أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Most respected students of deen, mothers and sisters, it is the fazal and karam of Allah wa ta'ala, His grace, His mercy. And we should always be reminding ourselves of this, that everything that we have, that we appear to be achieving, that we seem to be acquiring, Nothing is ours, it is all the grace of Allah Taala, And this should be something that we, we should keep mentioning, keep thinking about it, keep pondering over it. That everything is with the grace and the mercy of Allah Taala. If it was not for the f- mercy of Allah Taala, for His grace, for His tawfiq, then let alone coming to madrasa, learning deen, learning about the Qur'an Sharif, learning about how to conduct ourselves as good Muslims, getting the opportunity to progress in terms of the qualities of deen, all these aspects, these are faraway things. Had it not been the grace and the mercy of Allah Ta'ala, even Iman was not something in our control that we could have acquired it. This is the gift from Allah wa Ta'ala. It is His mercy. It is His grace. And therefore two things are always required for this. One is the shukr on it. By mentioning it, by repeatedly saying that it's the mercy and grace of Allah Ta'ala, by reminding ourselves in our hearts, and by repeatedly thinking about this, that it is the grace, the mercy of Allah Ta'ala. When a person will continuously do this, then this will be part of the verbal shukr. And this will bring us, inshallah, to the practical shukr also. So one is shukr, that we keep expressing the gratitude to Allah Ta'ala. Ya Allah, this is your grace, this is your mercy. I came to madrasa, it's your mercy, your grace. Otherwise I could have been, Allah knows best where, in what kind of environment, what kind of situation, how far away from deen, involved in what kind of things. Ya Allah, out of your fazal, your karam, you saved me, you brought me here. This is one aspect. Apart from that, the countless aspects around us. When we are at home, then the fact that we are at home, we are in a home, how much of shukar we should be making for this? And to express the shukar, this is a lesson that we have discussed many times, but it is a lesson that cannot be overemphasized. Let us consider in our lives, how much has this already come within us? That this shukar has come... We at home, do we make shukar? Ya Allah, you gave me a roof over my head. Or is it that we only complain that this roof is only 50 meters by 100 meters, it should have been 300 meters by 500 meters? Are we always only looking at the negative side of it? Person, always we have complaints in our minds, in our hearts, and on our tongue. Is that the case? Or do we express our gratitude? Ya Allah, I am in a home. I'm in a house, there's a shelter over my head, there's a secure place that I'm in. 
how many people, millions of people at this time, right at the moment as we speak, in the world there are millions of people who don't have any of these things. They don't even have the idea where they will get their next meal from. Whether they will starve or whether they will get a few morsels to eat, they have no idea. They don't even have any guests. Nobody can be certain about it. But we generally are secure in our minds that the meal is already being prepared. When I go home, I will eat my lunch. This evening there is already probably something that was discussed. What is going to be cooked for supper tonight? Generally, this is the situation. We have enough stock in our homes that could last us for days on end. But there are many people who don't know where the next meal will come from. Do we make shukar for this? Do we make shukar for all the bounties, the ni'mas of Allah wa ta'ala? So this lesson of shukar is something that we have to be embedding in our hearts and minds. Deep down in our hearts must be shukar for everything. And this is the prescription for happiness. Excessive shukar. Everybody feels down once in a while about something or the other. Somebody might feel down about their personal situation, somebody about a family situation, somebody about their situation of their home, somebody about their financial situation, somebody about their health, somebody in whatever way. We all do feel some down about something or the other occasionally. But never to let this down remain down. That is shaitan's job, to create despondency. Anything that comes up, shaitan tries to create despondency with it. Somebody reprimanded us, our parents reprimanded us, or some senior, our muallima reprimanded us, shaitan tries to misuse that to create despondency. Person starts now, mind starts running amok, and thinking of all the negatives from one point to where the mind finishes off. And whereas none of it is a reality, as we explained once before, that people build castles in the air, we unfortunately build dungeons in the air. That out of nothing, there's a huge uh, problem that is created in our minds, and a very kind of horrible thoughts that we then entertain, and we start fighting with everybody in our hearts and minds. That person doesn't even have anything in his heart and mind, but now he said something, or she said something in passing, or our parent reprimanded us, or denied us something that we wanted, and we then, our mind just starts moving, and just starts, now shaitan starts making it work, all the ifs, and the what if, and the but, and all these things, but I'm the only one that is treated like this, and if I wasn't here, then they would know, and I think I should do this, and I should do that, and then they'll, appreciate me and whatever else the stories just carry on flowing non-stop in our hearts and minds and we are engaged in a terrible fight within ourselves all for nothing all for without any benefit to anybody and without any uh, sometimes basis also is just shaitan and nafs putting us in this chakar so if we come on to shukar we start becoming very conscious of everything Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with. And we keep expressing this. And we keep mentioning it. Talk about it. Alhamdulillah. Allah Ta'ala blessed me with so much. Bring it on the tongue also. The real shukar is in the heart and in action. But the verbal shukar is also required. Say Alhamdulillah. And mention Allah Ta'ala's fazl. What, what Allah Ta'ala has given me. How much He has blessed me with. So the verbal shukar. 
this is one thing that needs to be brought. And when a person will make shukar, la in shakartum la azidannakum. Allah Taala says, if you are grateful to me, I will increase my ni'mats upon you. So one aspect is shukar, and the other is to also be afraid. Afraid of what? That if there's any nashukri, ingratitude, then nashukri and ingratitude is a dangerous thing. It can lead to one getting deprived of what one already has been blessed with also. So never to say anything, do anything that will tantamount to ingratitude. We think about all the negatives only. And we talk about all the negatives also. And we just forget about all the positives. We look at somebody else and we now are now gone into a negative swing. That how unfortunate I am that I don't have a fortuner. That person is driving a fortuner. I'm so unfortunate I don't have a fortuner. And that person is uh, got this, I don't have it. That person has got that, I don't have it. But how much do we have? And how often we have so many things that others don't have. And we have sometimes in so many different ways that which others are dying for. They are crying for. They are ready to spend all the money they have to acquire it. One person just mentioned to me very recently while we were talking about something the person mentioned that he was gone to Dubai and he says he was standing in the balcony of his hotel. Now, how much money is spent for all this? To Number one, travel to Dubai. Then the five-star hotel in Dubai. So, what kind of money must have been spent for all that? Now, he's standing in the balcony of this hotel that he was in. And the best scenery outside, which you, he says you can't even easily get anywhere here locally and it was a very ideal setting tranquil, peaceful outside everything and then the food, he says the ex- very luxury food was all right there which was ordered whatever the case is most delicious food ex- obviously five star standards and all the luxuries and comforts that most 90 percent of people don't have in their homes now like hotel, five star hotel so now obviously people come and go everything is of the highest uh, standard there but he says that standing there in that balcony looking at all that scenery with that best food there but he couldn't take one morsel of that food, it wasn't going down his throat and he wasn't appreciating one bit of where he was and what he was seeing and he's heart was completely he was like totally empty there was some some problem whatever the problem was there was some problem and that problem consumed consumed him to such an extent that standing here after all that money he had paid to get there whoever else was present also with him and all that scenery all that best and most luxurious food all the money that he once he had with him and after all this he was in a complete state of depression and it was like he was on the brink 
Now, somebody else would hear so-and-so went to Dubai, that person flew, that person now is booked into a five-star hotel and is going to be room service and everything at the beck and call of the person, ten days the person is going to be spending like this and now somebody is envying him and getting jealous over him also. But now when a person is envying and getting jealous over a specific person, over the specific thing, then it means that I want it. I should have had it. But to think about it in reality, as Mufti Mahmoud Sahib Rahmatullah used to say, that when you look at somebody else's wealth and hope that I had it, remember it will come with everything. And if that particular wealth you are being envious of, if there is fire in that wealth, obviously fire in a figurative sense, if that particular wealth has got some problem in it, then you're going to get the wealth, you're going to get it with the problem. If that particular five-star hotel and holiday has got a certain grief in it, it's going to come with that grief. So don't look at the surface. Don't look at what it appears outwardly. Sometimes the story is totally different. That person standing in that five-star luxury, or sitting there, or reclining, or in sleeping outwardly in comfort, but his heart is in turmoil, he doesn't, he doesn't have anything, he's spent the worst ten days in his life and come. So the point was, that don't look around and think, I am deprived and that person has got this and that person has got that. No, no, look at what we have, what Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with. And there are countless things. First, first make shukar for what we got, then we can start complaining. After we've made shukar for everything, and we'll have to start counting what, what we got, and we can't count it. It is countless. So let us start making shukar for that. And together with the shukar, let us be afraid of any nashukri. Let us not get into any kind of ingratitude. Because that is a sure way of getting deprived. So that deprivation, we want to save ourselves from it. We have to do these two things. Be afraid of anything that will show ingratitude. And be filled with shukar for Allah. Wa ta'ala. And talk about it. Bring it on the tongue. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah from the depth of the heart. And together with that, the real shukar is in the heart and in action. That we do what Allah Ta'ala is pleased with. So in any case, we started off saying something and we digress into a completely different topic. That, Alhamdulillah, it is the grace of Allah Ta'ala. Ta it is His fazal and karam. That Allah Ta'ala blessed us with this opportunity that we are learning deen. We are in a deeny environment. And as we have repeatedly and numerous, on numerous occasions reminded ourselves that merely coming to madrasa is not the object in itself. The object is that how do we come the true servants, become the true servants of Allah Taala, get closer to Him and earn His pleasure. This is our objective. Without this, then everything else is not going to serve any purpose, is not going to be of any use to us. We must be moving closer to Allah wa Taala. We must be getting away from nafs and shaitan. We must be developing the courage to give up haram, to give up sin. And this is what shaitan tries to deceive us in. That if I'm going to give up the sin, I'm going to have a terrible, terribly boring life. I'm going to lose out. But this is the deception of shaitan. When a person gives up something for Allah wa Taala, when a person gives up something that Allah Taala has forbidden for the pleasure of Allah Taala, not for anybody else, Allah Taala must get happy. 
Allah Ta'ala replaces it in this world also, in various ways. Sometimes it's very dramatic. Sometimes it's very subtle. Sometimes a person doesn't even know that some good came in what, in lieu of what it came. Person made toba from some sin, person stopped doing some wrong. Then some time passed and some other good events happen in one's life. Apparently it doesn't seem linked in any way. But it is the reward of the wrong that a person gave up. Person gets saved from calamities. Something was coming, it was on, head on it was coming. And then it just gets averted. Person says, I don't know how I got saved. I don't know what, hap- what, what happened. It, was, it seemed like that there was no way I'm going to get out of that disaster. And something just, just I just got saved. That was Allah Ta'ala's fazal. And that was the reward sometimes of some sin that a person gave up. Some wrong that a person stopped doing. Allah Ta'ala blessed the person by saving the person from that disaster. And sometimes it's very dramatic also. There was one very pious person in the 5th century. Qazi Abu Bakr bin Muhammad was his name. He was a Qazi. He was in Makkah Mukarrama and he, while walking, found one. Somebody had dropped a little material, like a pouch or bag or something. So he picked it up because somebody lost property and he opened it to see what is inside. There was an extremely valuable necklace, pearls, very valuable. So now he realized somebody dropped this or forgot it somewhere or it, somebody had forgotten it somewhere. So he took it and took it to his room. When he comes out a Sometime later, some person is calling out aloud, is making an announcement that I have lost something. If anybody has found it and they return it to me, then I will give the person 500 dinars. 500 dinars is 500 gold coins. Like 500 Krugerrands. Now multiply it, 500 Krugerrands. It's about 10, 12,000 rands or maybe a little bit more than that per Krugerrand at the moment. So 10,000 rands times 500. So we can like pass 5 million in this time. So he's prepared to give the person 500 dinars as a reward. So this person goes away into that room of his or he takes this person along and he asks him, okay, describe what was in the bag, what kind of bag it was, describe what was in the bag, all the details. This person gave everything perfectly to the detailed, uh, to all the, all the details to the tea he gave it. When the person was satisfied, yes, this belongs to him, so he took that bag, brought it, and he gave it to this person who had lost it. So that person started taking out those dinars, those gold coins to give him his reward. He said, I won't take one of it too. I did this for Allah Ta'ala. I didn't do it for anything else. It's yours, it belongs to you, it's your right. I didn't do it so that I may get some dunya out of it. I did it so that Allah Ta'ala gets pleased. Now imagine what a valuable thing it was that the person was prepared to give 500 gold coins in order to get it back. So this person forced him but he refused. I won't take anything. Gave it to him. And he went away, he went on his way then. Now he did an act. Number one, he didn't involve himself in any haram. 
he could have been tempted to hide it away and then sell it off and make some money out of it and then carry on. He didn't do that. He stayed away from the haram. He didn't deceive the person anyway. And then he did it solely for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. So sometimes Allah Ta'ala rewards it in various, various different ways, very subtle ways sometimes. And sometimes it's very dramatic also. Some time had passed, some years had passed maybe, this person was traveling by boat and a severe storm erupted and that boat sunk. That ship, whatever he was traveling in, sunk. So he latched on to some piece of wood and he carried on drifting. And he drifted on this piece of wood for some days. Can you imagine what a kind of situation? Eventually drifting, he landed up on one island. The island was inhabited. So he came on, came on to the island. There was a masjid that he could see in the vicinity. So he went straight to the masjid somehow, did whatever necessary was, went to the masjid and he sat down there and he started reciting Quran Sharif. Whatever condition must have been his, now the local people must have done something to help him, whatever. He carried on reading Quran Sharif now because he's isolated, he is now lost in this place, doesn't know how to get back. Now the local people see this person, looks like a pious person, and every day he's reciting Quran Sharif, they got to know him, asked him what happened, he gave the story. Then they came to know that he can read and write as well. Hardly anybody could read and write, nobody in fact knew how to read and write here in this place. So they told him, please, most people are all illiterate here, you have to teach our children how to read and write. You must teach them Quran Sharif, you must teach them how to read and write. So first they told him, teach Quran Sharif, read and write. Now very few people had any knowledge there. So he started teaching them Quran Sharif, the children, teaching the people also, teaching them how to read and write. Then now they became very attached to him as time passed. So they decided that now we need to take it one step further. So they told him, now we want to get you married to somebody from our families, from from our island. So he said, no, I, I want to get back to my place. They insisted. They said, no, you are standard here and you need to now move on. So we want to get you married. So eventually he agreed. Now this nikah took place to some girl. After the nikah took place, now his wife was brought to him. So when his wife came in the first meeting now, he is suddenly transfixed at some jewelry that she is wearing. And he is just staring at this jewelry. So the people that were there, the family people, etc. Now they are noticing what is going on. Look at this person. He is meeting his wife for the first time. And she obviously has come as a bride. So she must be all made up, whatever. And he is not looking at her, he is looking at this jewelry. So somebody was even, they told him, look, you are actually breaking the heart of this girl. You are looking at her jewelry, you are looking at this something else, you are not looking at her. So when they told him this, that how can you carry on like this, how can you conduct yourself like this? Are you not ashamed that after all this good efforts people made to get you married, you worrying about the wealth that this girl has come with? So then he 
related his story. He says, I am transfixed by this necklace she is wearing. Because this necklace is that very unique and priceless necklace which I had found, which was lost in Makkah Mukarramah. And somebody had been calling out that anybody returns it, I will give them 500 gold coins. So this 500, the, I returned it, but I didn't take anything. And this is the very same necklace that was in that bag. When he related the story that I was the person that found this necklace of pearls and I didn't take any money in return and I returned the necklace also, gave it back to the owner without taking anything from him. All the people that were there and they, as they heard the story being mentioned, everybody exclaimed very loudly, Allahu Akbar. They were just overcome with this, what they heard. He got surprised that fine, I said something, but why are these people like so overjoyed about what I'm saying? What is something that is making them feel so like something out of this world has happened? So he asked them, what's the point? What's going on? You're shouting on top of your voices, Allahu Akbar, this takbir. So then they related to him the other half of the story. They say that the person who this necklace belonged to, he used to live on this island. And many a times after he had come back from Hajj, he used to relate the story. And he used to say, there was only one real Muslim I found. Obviously he meant like somebody who had real, that honesty, that akhlaq and everything. He says, the person who returned this necklace to me, who found it, he didn't keep it for himself, he didn't deceive me in any way, he returned it, on top of that he didn't even accept the reward. He says, I did it only for Allah Ta'ala. He says, there was only this one young person, who I really met, who was really a person, who was really a Muslim. And he would often, when relating the story, he would say, I wish I could have got my daughter married to that person. And the people then said to him that he passed away already. And this girl is his daughter. And this was his wish. How many a times he would mention, only if I knew where that person is or who he was, I would have got my daughter married to him. Because that is the real person that I ever met. And Allah Ta'ala has today made his wish come true. So you are amazed at this necklace that she is wearing, that where it came from. The more amazing thing is that this was his wish, that I could ever get my daughter married to that person. And today Allah Ta'ala has made that happen. So eventually Allah Ta'ala made this happen that now he got married to this girl. And she, after the father passed away, she was the only child, she inherited this necklace from him. And now she came along with it. As time passed, now they lived on that island, and he had two children also. After some time, his wife passed away. Then it happened that both those children passed away, one after the other, after some time. So now everything that had come on to the children from their mother also, now he inherited everything as the father. Now he inherited even that necklace. So that became totally his property. And he now became the sole owner of it and he sold it for a very huge amount. So now from where to where he left that necklace for the sake of Allah Taala. He didn't touch it in a haram way. Allah Ta'ala blessed him with the same thing in a halal way. 
Now this was a very dramatic way in which it came back. Sometimes it comes so dramatically also. Sometimes it comes in a more subtle way. Now from the same lesson that we have come to get closer to Allah Ta'ala. We have come to learn how to give up the haram. Now many a times this haram gives us the temptation and the deception that we'll get a lot of enjoyment out of it, a lot of fun out of it, like how that temptation that this necklace will give you a lot of wealth, that wealth will bring a lot of luxuries, it'll bring comfort, it'll bring happiness, it'll bring joy. This is all the deception of haram. But when he gave up that and he didn't touch it in a haram way, then Allah Ta'ala gave him what was the reality in a halal way. So all this haram entertainment and haram things, the haram chatting, the haram relationships and all the other things that go along on the phones and on the internet, on the BBMs and the chat lines and the WhatsApp and all the various things, the Facebook and the Twitters and all this has a lot of glitter and glamour in it. It appears to be something that will give a lot of excitement, a lot of fun. And when a person now wants to now give it up, shaitan and nafs come and now create this fear in the person that you'll give this up, you're going to have a terribly boring life. But the person remains steadfast. The person says, I'll give it up for Allah Ta'ala's pleasure, not out of fear for anybody else. My parents mustn't catch up with me, or somebody else mustn't come. No, Allah Ta'ala must get happy. Because Allah Ta'ala knows. My parents may not come to know. Allah Ta'ala knows. And Allah Ta'ala is the one that is sustaining me. Allah Ta'ala has created me, He is nourishing me, He is sustaining me. I have to be loyal to Him. So for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala, I am not going to get involved in this haram. Now when the person undertakes to give up that haram for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala grants the reality of pleasure, the reality of happiness, in whichever way. But the person gets that contentment, that sukoon, which others can only dream about. So the lesson is that we have to take that step forward to give up whatever is distracting us from Allah wa ta'ala. Don't let that become an obstacle. Don't get caught in that deception. And then see how your life progresses. Shaitan's job is to cause disaster, to cause destruction. That is his job. Shaitan has no other job. But if shaitan comes and tells somebody, look please man, take this, you know what I mean, everybody is on Facebook, how can you not be on it? And you also be on it because you see everybody else is getting destroyed, who are misusing it, they are falling into disaster. So how can you get left out of this disaster? Why is your life carrying on so smoothly? You also have to destroy yourself. If shaitan came with that kind of way to lure somebody, then anyone and everyone will immediately say, please, get away from here. And I don't want to destroy myself. Shaitan doesn't come in that way. That look, this person now is destroying themselves in the BBM. Somebody is destroying themselves in the illicit relationship. Somebody is already digging up the foundation of their happiness for the future. Because they are getting caught up in all these things. Now these things are going to come and bite them back later in life. Allah Ta'ala save us. Allah Ta'ala forbid. You should make sincere tawbah and beg Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness and beg Allah Ta'ala's pardon that these things don't come and bite one back later in life Allah Ta'ala must keep us all in His sattari in His veil that covers all our faults 
So, now shaitan once that the person must get deep into it. Then shaitan will expose it also somewhere, here, there, everywhere. And now the person now decides someday to make toba and move on in life. The person gets married. Now shaitan comes now, that venomous snake now comes back to bite and to poison that relationship, that halal relationship, that marriage, to break it down. So this is shaitan's job, to create all these situations, to bring a person into the brink of disaster and put him into disaster, but with a very, very fancy covering, with very fancy ideas, with complete deception. This is shaitan's job. The shaitan won't come and say, look, everybody is destroying themselves, you must also destroy yourself. Shaitan will say, what a amount of fun you'll have. You will really be getting excited about this. This is something that will be giving you a thrill. And you're too smart, you won't get caught. But that's how shaitan will trap a person. And then, now the person's life is revolving in all that wrong. The person gets sucked up into it. Many a person said, I took one pull. People who get involved in drugs, Allah Ta'ala forbid, and so many other things, they say, I took one pull. Now my whole life I'm trying to push it away. I can't push it away. I took one pull, but that now became impossible to push it away. So like that drug, the technology sometimes becomes worse than the drug. So we take one pull. We pull the technology towards us. We get caught up in the BBMs and the WhatsApp and in the Twitters and the Facebook and the internet and whatever else. We say now, it's just one pull. It's just for a short while now. I'm just a little bit. But then it becomes a mountain to push it away. person just can't push it. And then one gets deeper and deeper and deeper into it. So we should not get anywhere near these things. Turn to Allah wa ta'ala. Be conscious of this. This is what we have come to Madrasa for. All the other things are all meant to take us towards this objective. And if we are not getting closer to this objective, then we are missing the point somewhere. We have lost what we have come for. Then our purpose and object is not being achieved. So we have to remind ourselves of this. We started off on the note of constantly making sugar, repeatedly expressing that sugar, bringing on our tongues, Alhamdulillah, everything, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala's fazal. Allah Ta'ala made this happen. Allah Ta'ala granted me this. And to also be afraid by saving ourselves from any kind of ingratitude. And in this way, inshallah, we will see how we will progress and move ahead. And on this note, we discussed about giving up haram for Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala will replace this with halal. And in a better way. And in a way that will give, will come with izzat and honor. And it will bring true, re, true happiness, true joy, true peace and contentment. May Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give me also the tawfiq and bless us all with the tawfiq of becoming totally obedient to him and staying away from every disobedience. Wa akhiru da'wana an alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Allahumma laka alhamdu kulluhu wa laka shukru kulluhu. Allahumma la nuhsi thana'an alayk anta kama athnayta ala nafsik. Jazallahu anna nabiyyana muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallama bima huwa ahlu. ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين رب اغفر وارحم واعفو وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم إنك أنت العز الأكرم 
اللهم انا نسالك من خير ما سالك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم انت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوه الا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد واله وصحبه اجمعين والحمد لله رب العالمين